Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Welcome one and all to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. We are your hosts, ghost hunters and authors and phenomenologists. You know, Stephen, I kind of like that. Uh, yes. Rick Hale. And sitting across from me is Stephen Lancaster. Hey, Stephen, how are you this week? Pretty good. Just busy, Okay, thank you, everyone. <laughs> right? Just busy, dude. I'm trying to... I've got... What what do they say? My irons and too many fires. Yeah, it's getting frustrating. I'm having to back off of some things, man. It's just getting too overwhelming. I feel you, man. So hey, um, you know, before we go into uh, something that I think is really important that we need to talk about this, let's talk about our guest today. Today we uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Ash Hamilton. Ash Hamilton is a paranormal enthusiast as well as the writer, director, and star of the found footage horror film holes in the sky the sean miller story which is about alien abduction and if you haven't seen it yet you need to check it out it's fantastic you can find it everywhere amazon voodoo plex tubu google youtube redbox and more it's everywhere check this out um so here is what we need to start the show off like here at the steven here at the shadow initiative we like getting um feedback Right. I mean, everybody likes feedback. Sure. Yeah. So last week's show, which was about um, Zach Bagans and what we called his paranormal mafia, um, this show blew up, dude. Like we've had almost a thousand people in just a week alone. Check this video out. Um, we got some feedback on it. and It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> And I sent this to you earlier in the week. I thought it was great. And, um, but so here it is. It comes from a guy named Devin Bishop. So Devin Bishop writes, this whole conversation maybe be whatever, partially true, but it's all trash. The shows are entertainment. GA, GH, and DF is pure entertainment. And I'd rather watch them than listen to this garbage thank you Devin. that is the kindest thing anybody's ever said to us fantastic but he goes on even more oh. and he said oh yeah you got one thing wrong dot 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 they have not canceled destination fear they have the same answer as g e g a t b t why he decided to throw throwback thursday in there is anybody's best guess i think he meant to be determined <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the, obviously the guy is, you know, he's the brain trust of um, YouTube. This, this so, guy has clearly made our point that we have made for the past 15 years 
concerning the intelligence of man and the intelligence <laughs> of the audience of these shows. Clearly, he is emotionally invested in Zach. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or somebody from those fake shows to even come and watch and comment. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there's one of two things happening here. One, he doesn't want to admit to himself that he's wrong. And two, which is possible. He doesn't want to admit to himself that he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things. So I, I looked up Devin here on um, YouTube. Oh. And yeah, he has absolutely, he's got no subscribers, no videos, no activity whatsoever to speak of. So Devin is probably nothing more than some um, troll who has an infatuation with his Zacky poo. Or, so, or it could be Zach or, himself undercover. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be surprising? You know what? It's not like he hasn't done that before. When he, when, when we got him to come on the show, when I used to host paranormal underground radio, he was in the, uh, the chat room that we use with the website that we used to be. And I challenged him. I'm like, care to come on the show. And uh, he did. So, I mean, it's like, you know, he's got like, you know, a history of that. Happening. I would totally believe but, it, man. He's a lying piece of shit. I mean, he, but, I can know, totally see him starting other like profiles and screen names. Zach's the oh, greatest. Man, Zach yeah. is awesome. It's, dude, we know it's you. <laughs> we, we know it's you, man. So, right. So there is precedence for him doing that kind of thing. But so um, I wrote back with Devin Bishop. Now, here's the funny thing. Like somebody in my Facebook page. um, a shadow from the community of shadows, Jason Sherman, a fellow Chicagoan, he, he wrote me and said, you know, after he read my, um, my comeback that it was very professional, but I wasn't going for professional Steven. I was going for patronizing asshole. <laughs> Which I fully <laughs> understood. It got me right. I, here, I, I know. Right yeah, I mean, this is especially after you. your stay metal. Yeah. Stay metal. <laughs> stay stupid. So, uh, I wrote back, thank you for your comment, Devin. We will certainly take your comment under advisement. And BTW, thanks for listening. <laughs> but it, it's, it doesn't it's end there. It's probably taking him days to figure out what BTW means. Probably. I, you know what? Here's the thing is I, this person probably doesn't exist. However, there was another one that was left on our page. It was from Karen Yates. And she wrote, never heard Dakota or Groff in your show as advertised. You know, so I probably backpedaled a comment on that a dozen times. It's yeah. like I, I caught myself because, you know, not everybody's smart. And, 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 uh, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of people take what they see and assume. Okay, so by this woman's logic. Because we had a picture of uh, Nick, uh, what's the other kid's name? Dakota. Nick and Dakota. And we say Nick and Dakota speaks. Mm -hmm. Clearly was in reference to the fact that they have spoken. (laughs) Something is going on, and that's what we were talking about. By this woman's logic, if we have their picture on the, the video's thumbnail... She assumes they're on the show. Well, so, that's what I wrote. 
Oh, go ahead. So Sorry, by her logic, we sh- we have had aliens on this show, Bigfoot, a a four eared cat, a priest who's banging dominatrixes, <laughs> you know, at, at in church, you know, just because so, they're yeah, in he must picture. Doesn't mean they're on the show. When somebody's on the show, we say special guest. <laughs> exactly. So, but the, but that's what I wrote back to her. I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to like read it word for word, but I said we never actually said they were going to be on the show. We read an article that they spoke in, doubtlessly read by thousands of people at this point. So it, like it's it's pretty obvious that what like you said what she did was is she saw the picture and decided oh these guys are liars and even Devin Bishop went a little bit further on underneath her comment it was like well they must be frauds too so yes. like like yeah, exactly so like you said this cat is either like you know a just like I said he's a troll or he's Zach himself what what kills me man is. Look, it's like, no, be a man, dude. Right. No, but nobody is ever, ever going to get to you and me. Ever. Mm-hmm. You know, no. we, we just don't give a fuck about you. You are <laughs> no, the it, you are the very person that we aren't targeting. This you are the audience we don't want. Right. Thank you for letting us know. But no, but here's here's another thing to consider. Just to be a guest on this show, you have to have skin so thick <laughs> that not even a Tyrannosaurus Rex is gonna bite through it. And that's the thing is, is like, you know, you have these people there, they're keyboard tough guys, man. They're sitting in their mom's basement eating snickerdoodles. They weigh about 450 pounds. And uh, you know, they're the ones that are like, you know, the Devin Bishops of the world. So Devin Bishop. I have two things for you. Boom. Have a nice day. Bam. <laughs> Rick just My dropped cup. the mic, motherfucker. You're goddamn right I did. Well, so, hey. Me, you know, is this said well, a lot. Ahead. This said a lot. Okay? Mm-hmm. We didn't have anybody on the show. We were simply talking about Zach's fraudulent ways and, and mm-hmm. Dakota and, and Nick you know, building all this hype that they're going to come out with the truth. You know, this video blows up. But we have the lead singer of Alice in Chains on the show telling us a ghost story and can't get 100 hits on it. Right? It's, so what it's does just, that tell you, man? Oh, my God. It just boggles my mind, dude. Yeah. It's like, I, I, and, and here's the thing. Like, and we were not going for this at all with that with last week's episode people in paranormal land love the drama they love it they love it they thrive they thrive on it they eat it up excuse me my god with the spoon man they just dig it and it's like we weren't even going for that we just wanted to present you with this article and tell you all about how full of shit zach bagans really is so, I mean, you know, take it for what you will. We're just reading an article, man. So don't shoot the messenger. And the guy, the bishop kid or whatever he is, um, you know, he, he kind of contradicts himself and, and, and kind of proves our point. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't he the one that says something along the lines like shows need to be entertaining? Was that him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he said that the that that the shows are entertainment. He's absolutely right. Shows have to be entertaining. Correct. But not everything is a subject for television. Correct. And there's two ways you can look at. It. What are we going to do? A reality show on child molestation? No, nobody would ever fucking no. do that, right? So nobody wants to do a real show about paranormal investigators because it's not entertaining, Mm-mm. right? It's really not. Right. So they make it up. So yeah. to, to go back to his point is, dude, not everything belongs in the entertainment world. Like Rick. So anyways, <laughs> guys, we are going to take Thanks, a quick dude. break. And when we come back, we are going to have the awesome Ash Hamilton. We've watched his movie, and there's a couple others I've got to watch because I am so into campy slasher movies. And this guy's got them. He has got them. So, guys, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Ash Hamilton talking aliens, man. Stick around. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. We are your hosts, ghost hunters and authors, myself, Rick Hale, and phenomenologist Stephen Lancaster. Joining us this week on this week's show is Mr. Ash Hamilton. Ash Hamilton is a self-described lifelong cinephile, specifically a lover of the horror genre. Hamilton took the hobby seriously and in 2010 founded Horror Fix, a site that reviews horror films as well as supplying news to fans. His first feature film, Holes in the Sky, has now won 25 awards on the festival circuit, beating the long-standing uh, the Witch Project. Blair Witch Project, thank you. Uh, he, had his, he had his Blade Witch Project. I'm like, oh, cool. Must be a sequel. Um, As the most highly awarded found footage film of all time, the film is Hamilton's attempt at translating the long-held fascination with the paranormal and more specifically the alien abduction phenomena. Uh, Hamilton is also hard at work on his follow-up, a post-apocalyptic horror anthology. He will begin shooting in April. So, Ash, welcome to the initiative. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, when I asked you to come on the show, I didn't really know that you were a um, a paranormal enthusiast yourself. Um, I brought you on because I love found footage horror, and it's very rare to come across anything that's dealing with like alien abduction. Usually, you have ghosts, you have demons. There's this really great found footage um, vampire flick called Affliction, um, but yours was definitely different because I feel that it took alien abduction seriously. Um, how did you? you know, come about being interested in this subject and then translating it into film. You know, I, I think it's, it's weird because it's sort of a full circle sort of scenario because when I was younger, I had seen films that had piqued my interest in the paranormal, the supernatural. And we're talking sure. back to something as celebrated as like, is like E.T. I think watching a film like that, especially in your pre- child you start asking bigger questions than from from other forms of entertainment you know cartoons are something that you digest differently when you're a kid when you see something that has themes that are sort of bigger than yourself bigger than being a kid bigger than what you know of your planet and your surroundings 
you start gaining more of a, I, I have to say like more of an a, adult minded interest where you want to sure. read, you want to find out more about it. And I remember watching these films as, as, as a child and going, I, I need to be a part of this. Somehow. You know, I, I need to find mm-hmm. my own here or I, I need to, to figure out if, if this is just a movie, if there's something more to it. And I think that that sort of launched this investigation into, you know, the unknown and, you know, sort of pouring over, you know, the old Time Life series of books and, and then wow. finding that old dog-eared uh, copy of Chariots of the Gods in the local library and sort of those fundamental stepping stones, those launch pads. And then that sort of became my primary focus for a really long time because, as we all know, it's, it's a rabbit hole. You know, and it's a, it's a very long and, and deep rabbit hole when you get in there. Um, I think you have to be very careful, if, if that makes sense. Sure. Because there's equal parts, uh, you know, factual belief and then leap of faith belief. But it's sort of a, a, a long-winded way to say that movies inspired my interest that then inspired me to make more movies. Right. And I, you know, I got to tell you, man, I loved Holes in the Sky. And um, you do take a very serious approach to alien abduction. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your film, Holes in the Sky, uh, the Sean Miller story. Um, You seem to borrow from different um, abduction experiences as well as high strangeness. One thing that I wanted to convey that I didn't see in a lot of... uh, current abduction films, whether they were loosely based on real accounts or whether they're 100%, uh, you know, fictional contrived by screenwriters is that to cherry pick a lot of abduction accounts. So that sure. it, 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 and when you start to dive in, I mean, even stuff with, uh, you know, Whitley Strieber's accounts or even going, you know, back to Travis Walton or then, you know, some of um, some of the newer um, you know, popular accounts is that the idea of this physical and, and, I, and I always sort of approach this from a very human sort of logic chain, right? We see a craft in the sky and our human logic chain tells us, okay, that's a tangible object. It's probably piloted. If it's piloted, it's piloted by an intelligence. If it's an intelligence, they had to make this prayer. And if they had to make it, there's a factory. If it's a factory, there's workers. If there's workers, there's a plan. And there's a plan. So we go down this, this logic chain, which as, as humans is something that we're, we're used to do. We're used to looking at an object, even if it seems otherworldly, and sort of taking those base elements and going, okay, I can work this into my own frame. You know, this is just something I'm not aware of. But when you start really digging deep into a lot of production accounts, we go from this physical, tangible thing we can touch to, mm-hmm. you know, people expecting beings that can alter matter, that they can you know, talk telepathically. Like we start into that high strangeness, and it just seems to me that at the time. Where it's 
people to digest. Pat, you're breaking up really bad. I'm sorry? You're breaking up really bad, bud. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, That's okay. We got you there. Okay. It might just be a point where we're at on, on, on the road. We're currently going through a couple different uh, time zones here. but um, No problem. I, I think to reiterate is that there's a lot of high strangeness involved in alien accounts that gets largely sure. taken out of the narrative. And I wanted to put it back in. Um, one thing that I've oftentimes noticed, because I am actually a latecomer to the whole alien and alien abduction thing. I didn't get interested in this until about 1995 when I met like this grizzled old war vet man who was abducted off the battlefield during the during the Korean War. Um, before then, I always just focused more on like cryptids and um, ghosts and hauntings and stuff like that. But, you know, when it comes to um, high strangeness, as you know, we call it here in the biz, um, it seems to encompass all of these. Uh, strange creatures, poltergeist type activity, um, alien abduction, seeing strange lights, and your film, it, it adds all of that. And I think that, you know, that that's what would make a, you know, person like myself, or, you know, the nerd that sits across from me in South Carolina, really appreciate that kind of thing. And, um, you know, was there any, you know, sp specific, um, um episodes in alien abduction history that you that you you know really looked at and really used because there's there's a lot going on in your in your movie one thing that fascinated me was um in the last past 15 years we've started to have abductees talk about a very particular kind of high strangeness which is hearing seeing or experiencing um, deceased loved ones during mm -hmm. abduction. And that started to fascinate me because we've got, as I, I've sort of talked about the nuts and bolts UFO alien phenomena, and then we've got, you know, the paranormal, which includes everything, you know, if you want to put cryptids and then, you know, life after death and, and haunting. And now we've got this one element that seems so very far removed from what we would think would be the UFO phenomena. And now people are talking about hearing, you know, their deceased loved ones, hearing their voice, um, you know, smelling um, all these different senses of being sort of reintroduced to this idea that maybe these things are connected. And, and connected right. in a way we just have no idea. So that was one thing I really wanted to explore in the film is this idea of people are expecting this alien UFO phenomena, but it's hitting them very different emotionally. Like mm -hmm. these characters have more of an interest in, you know, their own selves and grief and loss in this that I wanted to explore that I, I don't think we get from a lot of films. I don't think we understand when people encounter something that they, they can't explain, it can affect them for years. One incident, seeing sure. something you can't explain 
it stays with us and and not only stays with us but sometimes it's more you know in the forefront than we think it is it sort of controls our interests controls our hobbies even sometimes controls our relationships and that's mm-hmm. one piece of a lesser explored part of that phenomena that i that i really wanted to focus on was putting people in front of a camera and seeing how much emotion we can draw out of that so that people can look at go okay this might be an alien abduction film but i understand loss and i understand grief Right. And I think that you capture that very well uh, with the character of Sean Miller. Like you can you can really see the um, the fear and the uncertainty and the struggle on his face and in his eyes. Um, When we consider, you know, things like alien abduction, there are a lot of um, theories as to what who they are and what do they want? What 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 do you think? what are they looking for? What do they want from us? I, I think it's probably far stranger and probably the weirdest thing that we can conjecture. It seems mm-hmm. every I think I have a bead on what it could be it sort of changes. And it's this very weird sort of amorphic phenomenon. It seems to go through phases where we're seeing particular kinds of people get abducted. And then we're seeing particular kinds of people have more advanced sightings. I, I think, I, I think a lot of it has to deal. And this is so we're we're gonna go way out there if you don't mind. Go ahead, take all the time you need to go way out there. So I, I think when we start looking at stuff like uh, subatomic particles, for example, you start taking mm-hmm. a look at like double slit theory and the fact that a lot of these experiments that we're doing now are user-dependent, um, the people that are observing them tend to actually be able to control the experiment, especially with like double slit, for example. When we're sure. bar- bombarding those two slits, the idea of saying, I think more uh, you know, our particles are going to hit to the left and the right, mm-hmm. like there's weird ability we have on the subatomic level, I think, to influence matter. I think it might be that we are a species that that might be unique to. Okay. And, and I, I think that if we do have that unique ability, and it's one that we haven't really, you know, flipped the light switch yet, like mm-hmm. you see, like we're aware of it, but we don't even know where to start if we were want to control it, to implement it, or God forbid, even militarize it. Um, I think there's obviously something about us genetically that seems to be of interest everyone talking about hybrid programs this idea of people seeing you know their um half alien hybrid children on ships Mm -hmm. it it leads me to believe that there's just some genetic material that might be unique to us and they're trying to figure out how to incorporate that into their own dna that actually makes sense because, well, for, for example, one of the um, theories about alien abduction is they're not really aliens at all, but they're us from the far off distant future. And they're trying to collect our DNA because our species is dying. So they need to find a way to bring it back. I, I mean, do you think that that's a possibility as well? 
I think it definitely is. And I think that whenever we we look at the abduction phenomena and we look at some of the ways these entities present themselves, you know, sometimes they'll present themselves as children. Sometimes they'll present themselves um, as people we know. Sometimes they'll present themselves in, in ways that we can emotionally grapple with what we're experiencing. It's sure. like they, they understand humanity, but they don't quite get it right. So the overall experience is still traumatizing, but it's like they're looking back and going, okay, we were an emotional species once. What mm-hmm. did we back then? And maybe they're so far removed from that now that they just can't quite get it right. It's, it's a, a distant part of their history. Right. Um, yeah, because like nine, nine out of 10 times when you hear about um, abduction experiences, I mean, these are people who are severely traumatized, people who, you know, experience oh, yeah. things like PTSD and um, and that kind of thing. So, you know, recently within the last few years, there have been um, our our government is finally saying, hey, we don't we're not going to go so far as to say these things are alien but we don't really know what they are my son and i we had a sighting last summer we were we live uh you know like i told you about 35 miles north of chicago and um we were going to the library and we see like this ball of light just spinning in the sky and then it just it it disappears and then shoots off to the right and then reappears and then is gone. My son was the one who noticed it. And he's the one who took the video of it. We sent it to MUFON. MUFON, who the, the guy we had on the show here, Brandon Burton, he's a MUFON investigator. Um, he said it was an airplane. I'm like, my dude, it wasn't an airplane. <laughs> I live, I, I'm not that far from O'Hare Airport. I know that it's not, that wasn't, you know, we're in the flight pattern of O'Hare. And, um, but we have these videos now that the U.S. government is finally putting out. Do you think that with the strength of these videos, like the Tic Tac video and the Go Swiftly video, do you think that we are on the verge of finally saying these things exist? And we're sorry we lied to you. I think we're close to the point where it's just getting more and more difficult to deny it. And whenever we look at the government, it's really easy to look at them and go, you know, all, all, everything they do is insidious. But no, it's also, right, it's also made up of a lot of people who just need to be, or just going about their lives and working a job, too. I think mm-hmm. the way things sometimes is based on really old, archaic methods that need to be updated. And I think that sometimes translates to a lot of paranoia and this, this feeling of a, you know, a sort of sinister shadow government. But I think what, a lot of it is, is I think it's, I think it's a numbers and a money issue, as I mm-hmm. think they're point where there's so much data, the data is being collected at an alarming rate. We're seeing videos that are more and more convincing. Um, we're seeing them in greater volume, and I think there's got to be a room full of people that are looking at it and going, "Is it worth the money in time to keep doing this the way we've been doing it?" Because it's mm-hmm. becoming harder and it's becoming more expensive. And I think when you break it down to a very human decision like that, like a very business-oriented board of directors decision, it makes sense that at some point in time they're like, this is now not only negatively impacting us at face value, 
is negatively impacting budget and it's negatively impacting resources. Right. And I numbers game in the sense that it's probably more of whatever is out there out stuff that 35,000, 45,000 feet, if we're getting into objects that are at you know cruising altitude for airliners, more than likely there's going to be an accident or going to be an incident soon, and that's going to be even harder to confront. Yeah, I think that it's definitely like you said. It's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to say we don't know what this is. But that's kind of something I have always wondered. You have this this longtime conspiracy theory, and you know, Stephen and I were not exactly conspiracy theorists by any means, um, but there does seem to be like there has seemed to be like this hush hush. But you know, a lot of people want to say it's because they know too much. But I've always theorized maybe the conspiracists because. They just don't know enough. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point. And I think you can take that same philosophy and I think you can also apply it to the people who have more information than us. Um, you know, we might have a, a, a ruling body that has a, a wealth of evidence that there is something here, but they might be as clueless as we are. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be dealing with, um, you know, entities or, or, or whatever we'd like to call it that aren't interested in conventional communication or we haven't quite cracked the code as to how to approach that kind of communication. And I think that, you know, it might also be an effort to save face when you've got a government that says, OK, we've got stuff that's flying the same altitude as commercial airliners. We've got stuff we've had to shoot down. We've got mm-hmm. stuff that might compromising national security and also compromising the emotional and physical well-being of our people and for them to look at us and go but i'm sorry we don't know what to do about it is 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 definitely a huge turn of fate no i agree completely um and you know you but but what do you think that is actually keeping them from disclosing from them saying, you know what, these things really exist. They've been visiting us. I mean, I tend to think like this, if we were to have um, an alien drop out of the sky, get out and say, hey, what's up? You would have an awful lot of people fly into hysteria. Um, do you think that's a problem? I, I know with like religion alone, because we our big three religions say we're it in the universe. But if something like this shows up, they may start some shit. And do you think that that's a possibility? Yeah, and, and I think that I think we're in a really weird, weird time right now too. Um, I think that more people are indifferent to world-shattering things than they've mm-hmm. ever been due to distraction. Sure. Uh, you know, like the fact that we shot down um, what was it? A total of I think four objects, three of which they still haven't one hundred percent positively identified. Like mm-hmm. to me. I, I wonder why everyone isn't talking about it. I mean, my brain instantly says we're on the precipice of, of something life-changing. This could alter the course of history, but let's face it, nine out of 10 people are probably either watching porn or funny cat videos. So it's like we're in this, this wave of indifference because, okay, that happened 10 minutes ago. 
and 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 now I'm moving on because you know we're in sort of an ADHD epidemic right now, and I just sort of call it an epidemic, even though you know I use social media a lot. Yes, totally. Sort of to promote the brand, but you know I go into a restaurant and I see half the restaurant talking and half the restaurant on their phones, and it's it's like okay, I love the fact that we're using technology to communicate we're using technology to close the gap but i think there's a huge part of our humanity at risk and i i think we should be having more conversations like the conversation you and i are having right now i think mm-hmm. we should be a lot of these conversations socially just as a people because these are these are big conversations they're important right. conversations Right. You know, um, Stephen, you know, I'd like to bring you into this conversation, but goddamn, man, you haven't said a word. <laughs> so you so um, Ash, Stephen has some interesting thoughts on these things that they recently shot down. Um, you know, Stephen, do you care to chime in or just continue to sit there like a statue? <laughs> what do you what do you, which which interesting thoughts are you? Uh, well, referring you, to? you know, about about the whole distraction. That this is just that it was just one huge distraction. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it was just one huge distraction. Thank you, Rick. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, come on, man. I mean, logistically, we're going we're going to allow what we think is a surveillance balloon across the entire country. Before doing anything about it. That makes no sense to me. If it was truly a threat, they would have done something instantly. The part that really bothered me was them saying these other items or these other objects, whatever you want to call them. We're just going to shoot them down. We don't know what the fuck it is, but we're going to shoot them down. That makes no sense to me. What, What if it was some kind of toxin? You know, it's some kind of gas that blowing it up just released it everywhere. And there's Ash's apocalypse movie. <laughs> you know, we're, I just don't buy it. We're going to shoot shit down. We don't know what it is. That, 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 okay. Proceed. Yeah. It's a weird, right? It's an extremely weird narrative. Um, I also like the fact that. Our, our, our government, as far as in response to these stories, we're hearing language that we never usually hear from the U.S. government on the topic of UFOs. And that mm-hmm. kind of, it, I, quizzically, it, it bothers me a little bit because we're so used to, first of all, our government not offering information. You know, it's usually someone finding something out and then it's a reactive measure. We don't usually get offered information about things. And this was information that we were offered. We were also privy to um, uh, cockpit audio from pilots. Um, We've even had people in these situations say, we're not ruling out extraterrestrial craft. We've never heard that kind of language from the U.S. government. It's always been one of, you know, denial, plausible denial, denial, denial. And once I started to see some of these snippets of just them saying, we're not ruling anything out, we haven't really ever heard that before, have we? I mean, it's language mm-hmm. we're used to, used to hearing. I think it's kind of like you alluded to earlier, Ash. 
that it, it's getting to the point where enough's enough. You, you really can't hide it anymore. I mean, most of us are walking around with a $1,200 device in our hands, you know, that films better than, <laughs> you know, most camera, you know, film cameras. It's just getting to the point where it can't be hidden. So I think it's more of how are we going to control this now? That That's what I think. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, we've been I sort of, you know, I, I look at it as like, someone coming home early from their job and sort of catching their spouse in bed for years, we've sort of like smelled the perfume in the room mm -hmm. been like, okay, something's going on here, but we've never really walked in mid stroke, <laughs> but I think, I think that might be about to happen. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's weird. It's like, sometimes I joke about how, you know, myself as a paranormal investigator, Back in the 1990s, I would have somebody come up to me and like, yeah, I hear you're one of those ghost hunters, you know, and it's like, I think you're pretty fucking weird, right? We've gone today to, oh, I hear you're one of those ghost hunters. I think you're pretty weird, but I got a story to tell you, man. You know, so it's like we have yeah. that kind of progress. And this is what you see in the ufology um, community. We've gone from, haha, you're a weirdo to, okay there may be something to that. By, by the way, when someone asks you, you're one of those ghost hunters, for some reason in my brain, they did it in a Bob or Doug McKinsey voice. I don't know why. <laughs> I hear you one of those ghost hunters, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it out of my head, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah I, do, I do go to a lot of weddings in Wisconsin, so. <laughs> But yeah, well, we're definitely seeing that progress there. Like people are no longer laughed at. And I think that that's good. And um, I mean, where do, you, where do you see us going from here, from this point? I, I think that we're, again, we're at a, a tipping point. I do feel like we're, and, and, I, and I hate saying that because it sounds so cliche and we've mm -hmm. heard it from researchers for decades. You know, researchers for decades have said we're close. We're really, really close. But admittedly, and never heard the narrative with this kind of language before. You know, right. that sort of a sharp left turn to me indicates either somebody's on damage control somewhere. Or there's just a lot of scrambling in general because it's it's something they can't control anymore. Um, and yeah, and, and you know what we were talking about, you know, just a couple of minutes ago with having twelve hundred dollar video. We're also seeing connectivity on a level we've never really seen before so imagine at one point in time you had to pay x amount of money to actually make a call on an airplane and now you can get wi-fi on an airplane so right. imagine you're in an airplane there's an object that's very very close to the aircraft and i'm not saying there's anything you know venomous here like it doesn't have to be an, an act of war or anything but either the pilot of our craft or the pilot of the aircraft makes a bad decision 
and we have an in-air collision, in the past, there'd be no one to document that. That's something right. that's very, very easy to spin your own tale about and, and, and just, you know, introduce that to the public. But now, with how, how fast we're able to catch video, upload it, and make it available, someone might be able to upload that craft happening to the cloud in real time. And I think, I think that's also a very huge threat and a very huge fear to, you know, national security, the powers that be, is that mm-hmm. there's going to come incidents that they just they can't do anything about. Right. I think you're right, yeah, Ash. It, you know, just to, to bring back the point of times are different and it's happened very quickly if we think about it. I mean, to me, it's still 1984. But, you know, every, our technology since the 50s has just jump, 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 jump. It's like, for example, my wife and I uh, were in a really bad car accident in December and we, and we got fucked, man. We got fucked. So when we got a new car, I said, you know what? I'm putting a camera system in this fucking car. So we've got a, a full view, you know, in front of us. We've got fuel view, full view in the cab, you know, sit inside with us, you know. So everywhere we go, this thing is already filming automatically as soon as you start up the vehicle. So there's cameras everywhere now. So it's so difficult to hide anything anymore. And the mm-hmm. inner cameras there that we don't even see. Yeah. I mean, do you guys ever, like, this is sort of off topic, but do you guys ever just still just get impressed? Do you guys ever just sit back oh. and be like, I'm on a podcast with two guys on video, on my phone, in a moving vehicle. Like, when we start looking at technology, this is the stuff that we would we would read about in popular mechanics and popular science. Like got now isn't just a product of um, technological evolution. It's impressive. It's very impressive. Oh, it is. Um, And I was going to say, you know, with that, uh, yes, I do still get very impressed because believe it or not, I I mean, sure, I'm doing this podcast and I'm on Zoom and everything, but I'm not like the most technologically advanced human on the planet. I still struggle with a lot of stuff. It's like, but, you know, my son is great and he's you know 12 years old with this with this kind of stuff and when he took that video he was able to slow it down and isolate the the craft that we saw he sent it to me and i immediately sent it to steven he was the first person i sent this to and i'm like dude 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 check this out so it's like yeah it it still impresses me that we do have these moments where we can capture that moment in time and immediately share it around the world there's a flip side to that, though. There, there's a flip side to that. You know, right now we're speaking about all this uh, in a positive light. Uh, I want to say 2008 or 2009, the, the local news interviewed me because I was the local paranormal guy um, because there was a UFO over Conway, South Carolina, and they wanted a paranormal expert's opinion. You know, it's like I said in that interview, and this this was fucking 15 years ago. I was like, we're, we're in the day and age now where a kid with a cell phone can make something look real. Yeah. You know, so for, for every reason we can give with these cameras and production quality and what we're doing now with streaming, 
there's also an answer for, well, that can be pretty easily faked. And it's yeah. simple, simple. You know, back back in the day, you know, Ash, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm 45. You know, back in the day when I started filming stuff, it was on tape. Getting that shit into a computer was a fucking nightmare. You know, if you wanted to hoax something, you had to be really fucking good at special effects and this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing. Now, there's an app for that. I, <laughs> the idea that I can go online and see anything that I've wanted to see from the past 40 years, uh, a cartoon that I watched when I was seven, um, something that happened five minutes ago in another country is, is testament to that. So here's a guilty admission. If anyone knew the hours it took me as a young lad to finally tune in Skinamax on a Friday night on a Betamax car, <laughs> I know how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. We've all been there. <laughs> oh, Squinting your eyes. Thank, thank God that that VCR has probably been exorcised and taken away by the Catholic Church by now is such a fantastic thing because if that got in the hands of wrong people, it would be a nightmare. You know, you'd get that back in the day, you'd get the channel kind of bleeding in a little bit. Oh, I think I saw a titty. I, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was a titty. You'd get just enough. <laughs> Just enough. So, you know, let's uh, let's let's change gears here a little bit. You know, great conversation about, you know, alien abduction and your film Holes in the Sky, the Sean Miller story. But you've also done other work. And I know Stephen wanted to talk to you about this because there's slasher films. I'm not really a slasher film kind of guy. Yeah. Yes, I I have. I, I want I want more of Ash Hamilton's campy horror. I, I really do. I love it, man. I love it. Shop smart. Shop as smart. But look, <laughs> look, man, it's on my bucket list. If you ever need anybody to play a psycho, this guy right here. Play a psycho. So the, exactly. film that, <laughs> the film that we're doing now, by the way, is is one strict, like, over-the-top gore horror. Awesome. Like, we've got one scene in particular where we've got uh, upwards of, of 70 extras. And we're, it's going to be very sticky, not going back to the VCR conversation, very gooey, very bloody. Um, we, we've got, I think, some really, really great things. And, and then sort of a circa 70s, like a girl school film, sort of a, a witchy uh, supernatural film that's very low key. But, but the one we're doing now is just, Every second is completely over the top. So, I'm excited for you, man. I mean that that's all I watch horror. That's it. I mean, even even when on Sundays when I'm doing the podcast, I'm watching horror. I got to stare at Rick. And that's oh, some I mean, scary shit. I've been out, <laughs> and I've been, I've, I've been. I can remember you. I'm like. And I find things very opportunistic. So I would find things I thought my parents would like about a movie I really wanted to see. And I would mm-hmm. exploit that where I'd be like, hey, dad, there's a new, uh, new Arnold Schwarzenegger movie coming out. 
telling you, he's like a gorilla, you know, in the forest. It's like, he's got these other guys, Jesse Ventura's in it. Like, I always had to spin this movie to, like, get my folks to take me to go see it. And then they'd be like, did you want to see this because there's an alien in it? I'm like, there's an alien in this? (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing with my mother with Child's Play. I had her convinced it was about a mother and a son and bonding on his birthday. <laughs> that is. <laughs> so you've won a lot of awards for Holes in the Sky, man. I mean, it just it seems like the sky is the limit for Ash Hamilton and his films. I hope so. I mean, uh, you know, we went into this. So this gives you an idea of like I my brain times back in like 2020 to late 2009 1920 we were um ramping up pre-production on a film and i i'm already gonna ask forgiveness for the title but it's it was called the true tale of old Splitfoot or the lesbian warrior nuns of the great white north and love it love, love it, it. <laughs> it was it was my opus it was my dream epic and um we wrote this movie and I, I had a few friends that worked for like Universal and, and um, Lionsgate. And I said, hey, I've got the script. And so it's a horror comedy that I think like it, you're, you're going to like. Would you look it over and tell me, hey, keep writing or, you know, go take an accounting course because you suck at this. And they took it and they're like, hey, we, we want to make this movie. So we started to get some like some, you know, traction behind it. And then like COVID came and just just fisted it into oblivion. Like it was not going to happen. And, you know, it's the entertainment industry. So like everybody, they tell you, hey, this happens. Don't worry about it. Don't take it personal. There's a million great ideas that are still sitting on a shelf. So, you know, I took it personal because <laughs> that's just who I am. And, and it's a, a wee bit of a depression. I, I probably wore underwear a lot more than classical pants at that point. Um, and was just looking, you know, how can I like keep doing stuff? So uh, hopefully I'll, I'll have constant scripts and constant ideas and stuff that, you know, we can do. I, I, I don't know how prime, you know, it is for the award circuit, but, um, Maybe one day, man. Maybe one day we'll get there. And you got to love it. You know, speaking of technology and and Rick and I have talked about this before. You know, 20, 30 years ago, man, Ash Hamilton wouldn't have existed. I mean, and I'm not talking physically, of course, but, you know, look at what we can do now as filmmakers. Man, you can get the equipment. We've got computers and software. You know, all this stuff, it, it has simplified um, making a movie and even made it more accessible to people. You know, 30 years ago, man, to try to break into Hollywood, forget about it. Now you've got the whole world at your fingertips with the Internet. And, and, and for independent filmmakers, independent musicians, it's a dream come true. It, it's kind of leveled the playing field. YouTube was a blessing to people, you know, like to independent filmmakers. It has been. I mean, the overhead has been a problem for all creative people, you know, because a lot of us try to do things our own way and doing things your own way doesn't always mean you have an 
inexhaustible amount of income to do it. You know, doing things sort of outside the normal surplus means that it's a little harder, a little rougher. It also means it's harder to gain access to materials. It's harder to gain access to hardware. But the overhead being so low on, you know, sort of have phone will travel filmmaking is fantastic. You know, I mean, I shot stuff with, you know, a, a more of a, um, you know, mainstream sort of cinema quality for the film. And then I shot stuff on my phone because it's, it's like you just have this access now. And it's it's great. Of course, you know, you do also have a lot of content. You know, mm-hmm. that's the side of it is with everybody being able to make stuff. We've got so much more content to sort of wade and read through out there that it does make it more difficult to get your stuff noticed. But I think if you, you know, put the work in and look at, OK, I can make a film. How do I make a film? And you sort of focus on the how for a while, mm-hmm. you know, I always think of like Jurassic Park, you know, like you spend so much time wondering if you could, and it was an if, if you should, you know, the, the whole Jeff Goldblum, I horribly uh, paraphrase there, but a lot of people get into this, I can do it, but they don't sort of take a step back and go, okay, how do I do it? And that I think is the burden. You know, the burden is you want to rush headlong into it because it's there. But, you know, the filmmakers that have been doing it classically for, you know, now over 100 years, which is crazy to think, these people have left a legacy of do's and don'ts for us. And a little bit of a dive into that research might separate a person from just making the movie because they can and making a movie because they're a competent storyteller, they know how to produce a narrative, and they know how to work a camera. Well, and that's the thing that we... Like, I didn't want that to sound horribly elitist, like, you know, no. you can't just make a movie because obviously you can't. Well, that's something that we talk about a lot on the show, is that, um, you know, ever since the whole, what I call, like, call the paraboom of, of 2004, Um, And with the advent of YouTube and the internet, it's like everybody's picking up a camera these days and everybody is a demonologist, everybody is a paranormal investigator. And it's like, you're right, there is a lot of content out there and it's really hard to wade through the shit to find the really, really good stuff. No, it it is, it's just, it's a glut. You know, it's an absolute glut. And I mean, you know, I. I often will talk to my friends or family and I'll say words like luck and, you know, blessed and stuff like that. It's sometimes it's difficult when like my wife will look at me and go, you know, it could be that you actually know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it have to be luck all the time. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm just trying to be humble. But you know, um, I think it's, it's equal parts. There's a whole lot of, of luck and being seen by the right people and having the right people talk about it. But then on the flip side, there is a a ton of work and a ton of of energy that goes into trying to make a product that um, looks good enough to be passable as a major motion picture, you know, and sort of feels and has the acting that convinces people that you're a, you're a filmmaker, you know, like you sort of have to, suspend someone's disbelief to be put into a certain category and and it's it's a lot a lot of work to do that yeah 
No, it is. Um, so, hey, you know, Ash, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on the show. Um, love the film. And I, I think, you know, Stephen would agree. We hope to see more of your work in the future. Absolutely. Well, thank man. you. Absolutely. And, and hopefully, you know, we pull it all together. We're shooting next month. So we pull that all together and uh, hopefully we'll have something either by the end of this year or early next year that'll be um, out um, from our distributor and, and accessible for everybody. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, Ash, for coming on and um, hope to have you on in the future when you put more out there. And, um, you know, hey, enjoy your day and I hope you have a good day for filming. It looks like it's the looks like it's a nice day out there today. Yeah, we're getting there. And thank you so much. But I, I had a blast with you guys. It was a pleasure. Great. Thank you so much. Have a good day, bud. Thank you. You too. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. All right, my friends. Welcome back Whoa. to the Shadow Initiative. Was like, yeah, that's right. In 3D. Now. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Yeah, well, no, it wouldn't. But anyway, <laughs> so welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and Television with Ghost Hunter and author Rick Hale and myself, Stephen Lancaster, phenomenologist, <laughs> author, metalhead, all that good stuff. We just finished speaking with ash hamilton and, and it was a great interview guys we apologize there were some connection issues throughout um hopefully most of that was salvageable and you were entertained because you know it's got to be entertaining rick that's right and and you know guys according to Devin bishop anyway right exactly so before we, we wrap up we get rick's final thoughts all, all this good stuff um i i just I did want to throw out there. I know it's it was last week or whatever, but thank you everybody who wished uh, my best buddy here a happy 61st birthday. No, not it 61. It was 49. Very 49. nice to see all of our fans and listeners come together for my buddy. It was great. Yeah, hey, what you getting? Guys. Social Security in about two years? No, no, I'm 49 years old, but thank you very much. Got a long way to go to 61. But hey, you know, after going through the cancer, I hope that every year is just a gift anyways, man. Yes, sir. But um, you know what? My final thoughts concerning Ashes, I love his movie, Holes in the Sky. If you get a chance, check it out. It's pretty much everywhere. It's Amazon Voodoo Plex Tubu. Uh, I'm sorry, Tubi, where I watched it. Google, YouTube, Redbox, and more. So um Definitely very knowledgeable concerning um, alien abduction. Uh, you know, great conversation. Stephen, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you believe that we're being abducted by aliens? Oh, yeah. We've talked about that before. I think it happens. I don't think everybody who claims to be an abductee uh, really was or is, however you want to refer to right. that. Um, I think it does happen. You know, I think we've made our stance quite clear on this show that um, – there is extraterrestrial life. We would be arrogant as a species to believe otherwise. I mean, it's just stupid. There's, there's too. It'd be stupid to believe that 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 we that there isn't something else out there. Um, as far as holes in the sky, I, I tell you, uh, 
I, I'm a fan of, of found footage, uh, especially yeah. in, in the in the horror genre. And I tell you, but the, honestly, what I liked about it the most is he kept that level of realism in it with, you know, leaving the fucked up dialogue and, and you know, just kind of show he, he kind of sprinkled throughout his own pain, I guess, of, of being a producer, making something like, oops, let me say that again, you know, start over, you know, he kind of left that stuff in there. You, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and that brings the, the, the reality feel up a notch. And, and mm -hmm. that's what today's audience expects. That's why Twitter is so popular. These are, real people, real videos, and, and this generation spends all day just scrolling real video. It's Twitter is basically found footage. Yeah. Is, is, is basically what it is, um, except it's not found. It's on purpose, and it's it's to be popular. But I, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. I, I mean, it's it's kind of like being a musician. You, you you listen to music from a musician's standpoint, not necessarily mm -hmm. a listener's standpoint. You know, and I watch films from a production standpoint, not necessarily just as a aficionado of horror. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I can see what he did there. Yeah, yeah, I know how you did that. You know. That yeah. that kind of thing. I you know I, I ruin movies for people most of the time and music too but uh, yeah you're the uh walking spoiler alert so hey um you know great show great guests and uh you know next week when we come back i'm gonna try and get somebody um back we kind of teased carolyn mckendrick from the uk she's a member of the society for psychical research as well as the association for the scientific study of anomalous phenomena i'm gonna try and get her back on the show because we tried having her on the show before and it was one of those days where things didn't quite work out so hopefully i can get her by, back on but if not it'll just be me it'll just be steven talking <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was thinking, too, actually, during today's show that I'd like to revisit a few of our older guests as well. Um, like to have Maeve back on. I'd like to have um, uh, Keith back on, see see how things have been going with the Poltergeist situation. Yeah. Um, Ann Massey would love to have her back on. Um, she was our most popular guest with the most views. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. It was crazy how many views. She, I think it was over... 2000 views not even within a year like in it's, just a few months jerry Pauly, get him back on from, from yeah. hillbilly horror stories there's there's a lot uh, uh plus people we've we haven't had on the show um i definitely want I, I i've got a few i'm working on that i'm keeping a secret rick oh a secret secret it better be good as long as i like okay. it i can give a shit <laughs> <laughs> so as always thank you everyone for joining us here at the shadow initiative paranormal talk and tv we are your hosts myself rick haley is stephen lancaster thanks for watching thanks for listening come on back next week yep stay metal stay metal <laughs> <laughs>